Express FM. Supported by Highbury College. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base as we get closer and closer to the start of a brand new league season, the pre-season tests continue, albeit the most recent for Pompey, resulting in defeat. Having said that, to the hands of championship opponents Coventry, who were victorious by two goals to nil at Fratton Park on Saturday. We'll be discussing the talking points from that game here between now and seven, as well as hearing what the gaffer Danny Carley had to say about the match. The last 15 minutes of that game we suffered, but these are the tests that we want because when you play against good teams you get instant feedback. I think it'll be a really good part of our learning process. Also tonight, me and my hardcore Pompey panel will be picking apart some of the talking points from around PO4 and the wider League One spectrum. We will also be taking a listen to what new striker Joe Piggott had to say upon his recent arrival on loan from Ipswich Town. Can't wait to just enjoy my football again and yeah, obviously scoring goals is what I love to do and winning games, so really looking forward to doing that. As well as the starting right back at the weekend, Joe Rafferty. It was a couple of clubs interested where it was looking likely I was going to go to, but then once Sporting came in, I thought it was the right club for me. 81400 is the number you need to text this evening if you'd like to put your thoughts across. Express is the word to put at the start of those. Otherwise, you can email in to sports at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. A very warm welcome along this evening to your Monday night fix of Pompey Natter. You're listening to the Football Hour on 93.7 Express FM. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Good evening, one and all, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Football Hour, driven to you once again this season by Stagecoach across the South, getting you from South Sea to Waterlooville and even further beyond too, if you'd wish, at an affordable price whilst providing frequent and reliable services. Okay, on the show this evening, we'll be discussing all of the key talking points from Saturday's 2-0 defeat to Coventry City at Fratton Park. We'll also be discussing the redevelopment work to Fratton Park as Saturday was the test event to the new uh, South Stand and North Stands. Let us know your thoughts if you were in attendance at the weekend. Let us know your thoughts of the brand new uh, revitalised stands particularly the South Stand which had a lot of work uh, between now and the end of last season. And we'll also be talking about the start of the next campaign. Pompey's trip to Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday afternoon marks the start of a brand new League One season and would also take a little look ahead to tomorrow's Pompey 11 trip to Barnet, Pompey's final pre-season test before the start of a new campaign. So, without further ado, let's welcome in my two guests for tonight's conversation. First and foremost, it is the man, the myth, the legend from 4-0, written all over it. I've not got the song lined up today. That's all right. That's but fine. it is Tom Chappell, you know him by now. He needs no more introduction. We worked it out, didn't we? This is the eighth appearance. There it you is. go. Yeah. Uh, welcome back onto the airwaves, by the way. Nice Thank to you. have you. Yeah, it's great to be back for a brand new season, I must admit. And great to see your face sat across from 
me, uh, Tom Chappell. Alongside Tom this evening, uh, joining us, uh, very appreciative of this as well, treasurer of the Pompey Supporters Trust, uh, Donald Vass. Donald, great to see you. No, likewise, thanks very much for having me. Uh, buzzing for the start of the season. Yeah, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Uh, should we have a better campaign than we had in the last four or five? Ooh, not that optimistic at the moment, <laughs> but let's see. Let's see how it okay. pans out. Okay. Well, we've got Donald on tonight to talk about specifically the Jimmy Dickinson um, statue, the crowdfund for that, as well as the updates on the John Jenkins Stadium. We're going to come on to that in a little while, Donald, and that's just to whet the appetite from uh, the Pompey fans back home as well. We'll be coming on to those topics a little later in this evening's show. But first of all, I want to talk about the game on Saturday, Donald. It's a 2-0 defeat to Coventry City. Look, it's a pre-season test. You don't look at the results. You look at the performance and the application of the Pompey players. Were you at least somewhat enthusiastic after what you saw on Saturday? If I'm being honest, I'm not sure we found out too much that we didn't already know. I think, you know, there was a glaring omission on the right-hand side. You know, we, yeah, the fact Ryan Tunnicliffe had to come on and play right midfield, I think, shows, you know, where the gaps are in the squad. But there was certainly some some positive green shoots there. It was really good to see Colby Bishop in a Pompey shirt. Um, the, one of the players I think I was most impressed by was Joe Rafferty. Bit of an under-the-radar signing, you know. I don't think people were really looking at him and talking about him when he came in. Obviously, we're all more concerned about the strikers we were bringing in. But I thought he looked really really experienced showed a good bit of nous uh, had a good diagonal ball across the across the to the other side of the pitch he looks a good player I was impressed with him yeah absolutely Tom and, and, and Donald mentions there Joe Rafferty was signing uh, signing number three of the summer the right back from Preston North End after he left the club at the end of last season a player like Donald said it's, it's, it's not the kind of big name signing that Pompey were expecting this season he comes in as a right back with experience from the championship and he should be able to do the job there but, but from what we saw on Saturday and I certainly agree with what Donald saying there my man of the match he was outstanding he was you know up and down that right flank tracking back at every opportunity helping out to to try and create attacking opportunities at the other end and a vital vital block um, in the first half to deny Coventry actually getting the opener if he continues that kind of that performance and that kind of form into the season of which we all hope that he does he could be a really good asset to Pompey he could we've got to be really careful because we were like this with Gaston Ahadmi weren't we and then that didn't go quite to plan we were chatting about that before we came on air but yeah the, the early signs are really good aren't they and I think we all can get really excited it, sometimes it's a nice surprise isn't it you know you're all ex- everyone's expecting Marlon Pack who is still continuing to run the show in the last couple of games that I've seen him in pre-season and long may that continue but Joe Rafferty's sprung from absolutely nowhere and he's a little diamond isn't yeah. he? So looking forward to seeing more of him. Uh, and some competition as well, Tom. Zach Swanson signing uh, from Arsenal as well. He also can adopt that right-back position. Mm. You can certainly see there's going to be some competition, some some sort of fight for that right-back slot. Certainly not just for the game on Saturday, but throughout the entire campaign. And that's what you want. The, you want that competition between certainly an experienced pro like Joe Rafferty, but also a youngster like Zach Swanson, who's going to be hungry to try and get back into that team. Absolutely. And competition can only be healthy, can't it? And it's something that we desperately need. We know how light we are in certain positions and we Donald mentioned the right wing situation well look what happens when you sell Marcus Harness a couple of days later you're all struggling on the right hand side aren't we so um, I'm sure we'll come on to that but yeah I mean it's great to have competition for positions it's also great to have that kind of internal dynamic of building each other up within the squad and trying to be the best versions of ourselves and Danny's a massive advocate of that yeah and Donald's uh, Joe Piggott started the game on Saturday against Coventry we were we were having to wait to see Colby Bishop put on that Pompey shirt after what was a crazy week of that transfer saga between him and Blackpool and Pompey finally he is a Pompey player we saw him on Saturday in the second half and we actually saw glimpses of his work rate up top alongside Joe Piggott is that a, a partnership you can foresee growing into the season or do you 
you still believe that maybe Danny Cowley is going to opt for the one striker per match? I'm a little bit concerned that they might play in a similar area of the pitch. They might kind of get in each other's way. I think we, we know they're both more of the kind of link man. Um, having said that, though, I do think Joe Piggott's probably a bit of an underrated signing for Pompey because he's sort of come from Ipswich after a bit of a tough season. He's seen as a bit of a kind of reject, maybe a bit of a make weight in the Marcus Harness deal. But 12 months ago, he was one of the most sought-after free transfers in League One. Came off the back of a terrific campaign for Wimbledon, scored a lot of goals. And certainly the little glimpses we've seen so far, you know, scored a great goal at Leighton Orient in midweek I think um, it suggests we might just have a bit of a player on our hands there yeah absolutely and Tom his record as, as Donald mentions there from not only AFC Wimbledon Southend United previously Maidstone United yeah he's had a bit of a, a difficult season at Ipswich and there were reports of it, you know there, there being personal circumstances behind that as well so you'd like to think that maybe you know that, that is something that all footballers go through they go through their seasons they don't have a great season in compared to the previous records they've set at other clubs this could just be a, a simple case like Donald said he was a very highly sought after, after attacker last season I'm sure we could pull back uh, clips of a football hour and Pompey Live from, from last summer. We were all wanting him. Hopefully this is just a case of him moving somewhere else, change of scenery. Maybe it just didn't work out for him as Ipswich, like it didn't work out for John Marquis and every other striker here at Pompey. Yeah, unfortunately we have a bit of a way of doing that to people, don't we? Yeah, fresh start. I mean, that's, that's always good, isn't it? And I think Ipswich fans have, have written him off and I, I know quite a few Ipswich fans really well and they have sort of haven't given him the most glowing reference in the world. But, I mean, we look back 12 months ago you know, George Hurst didn't have a brilliant CV, did no. he? I know he probably played a little bit less time than Joe Piggott did, but I mean, we are where we are with George Hurst, and now he's now one of the most sought-after transfers in in League One. I just wanted to add on, on what Doddle was saying. Danny did mention that he really wants a striking force that complement yeah. each other. Yeah. Right now, that's not quite happening. I know we've still got a week to go before the start of the well, less than a week to go. Now we've got a working week left to go of, before the start of the new season. Hopefully, we've got a little bit of time before September the first to get that organised. But I think we're all Almost there, I'm sure we'll come on to chat about that more. And you had to bring him up, Tom. George Hurst. Yes. Uh, a player who, um, reported by our colleagues and, and friends at the Ports of News, Danny Cowley's not given up. No, absolutely. And Danny Cowley's, the, you know, and what did he say last week about the Colby Bishop thing? What was it? I don't know what is exactly what he said, but yeah, yeah, yeah. If you keep on trying, you get reward you get in results. the end, sort of yeah. thing. So, I mean, hopefully that's a similar case. I know everyone kind of winces when the name George Hurst gets bounded around because it's a little bit of a sort of I don't want to say his name, but we all know that star midfielder yeah. from Millwall yeah. that we don't want to talk about um, that's now playing football at Gillingham. But we'll, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, never say never. No. Who knows? Just please don't go to Ipswich, George. There you go. <laughs> and, and Donald, on, on the subject of George Hurst, there's no denying that the interest is still there from Pompey. There's no denying that Pompey fans would love to have him back in a royal blue shirt this season. Now, the case with Leicester, it's being reported they're holding out if they are to sell him for a, for a permanent deal. They're, they're looking at in excess of £1.1, £1.2 million, pounds, of which, quite frankly, I don't think any of us can imagine Pompey actually putting that money out for him. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, make your own opinion of that. However, if he doesn't find a club by the end of the transfer window, if Leicester can't sell him, if no one else comes in to loan for him, surely Leicester should just turn around to Pompey and say, do you know what? You worked your magic last season. No one else wants him. Have him back on loan. I think there was quite a lot of ifs doing quite a lot of heavy lifting yeah, in that sentence, unfortunately. But... I, I, I just can't oh, see well. it happening. I think, <laughs> I think um, there are offers going in for George Hurst. They are seven figures and... I'm not sure we've got that sort of money to play with and I think even if we did now 
would the striker maybe be the position we're actually spending that no. in? Arguably not. I'd say, no. you know, it's probably our wing positions that we really need to invest in at the moment, even if we were to have that money. I've mentally written off George Hurst, and I think for everyone's mental well-being, I'd encourage you to do the same. <laughs> and certainly, like you say, in terms of where the priorities lie now for Danny Cowley, although he may still be interested in George Hurst, like you said, we've got Joe Piggott, we've got Colby Bishop. If we were to get a first striker in, which is not against the realms of possibilities, you get a striker of the calibre of George Hurst and the form he showed last season. You've got three actually very, very good strikers. As much as it's healthy to have that competition, it's also quite unhealthy to have two unhappy strikers sat on the bench that are worthy of playing week in, week out. So could you envision that third striker, if he does come in, actually being someone maybe a bit younger, less experienced, a bit more of a, a, a point to prove? I think that's exactly what we're after, yeah. Sort of younger player, possibly sort of coming down from a, a Premier League club academy, someone with a bit of pace and power. George uh, Hurst. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> uh, I have to say, one thing I'm thinking about, though, is what formation we're actually going to play this year. You mentioned, you know, one striker, but I don't know, it seems like perhaps we might be gearing up to play two. It, it's, it's not so clear at the moment. Yeah. Tom, you got something to add to that? I do. I was just going to say, you just mentioned about coming down from, from the Premier League, Keona Tete is a name yep. that I remember yep. was bounded around a yep. little bit. That's all gone a little bit quiet, so yep. perhaps you know we we might have to wait and see on that one. That's all I was going to add in terms yep. of a name that would be that name that isn't perhaps as lit up in lights as George Hurst has become. And you mentioned it as well there. Danny Cowley's done the hard graft on George Hurst, yep. and he has given him that opportunity to flourish, and he has flourished yep. as a result of the final end of the season. So it'd be a little bit of payback time, wouldn't yep. it, for Danny I know we're mentally writing him off but <laughs> if we're not and if you're as kind of mentally and strangely optimistic as I am then that's the, the kind of little bit of light I'm hanging on to you never know you never know you never know <laughs> but Keon Otete yeah you mentioned there Vivier, uh, Tottenham uh, youngster 20 years of age spent time on loan recently at Northampton and recently uh, last season Cheltenham Town scoring two in seven which doesn't sound glittering but uh, a player who is very highly sought of in the in the lower divisions at the moment. OK, we are going to move on now and hear uh, from Blues manager Danny Cowley and hear what he had to say after the defeat to Coventry at Fratton Park on Saturday. Here he is speaking to Max Swatton, who first asked if there were any positives to take from the game despite the final score. Yeah, I think so. I think a brilliant test for us. Just what we wanted before the start of the season. A really well-coached Coventry team playing in the back three, which is what we anticipate next week at Hillsborough. I think they're a team that have been together an awful long time. You can see that in terms of their organisation and the way that they play. For us, you can see that, that we're quite new and the nature of bringing players in, dynamics changed slightly. I thought first half we were we were really, really good. For our organisation um, against the ball was, was, was excellent. Um, we stopped a really good team playing through us. I thought, yeah, we, we had good control in that first half. And then naturally goals changed games and probably both goals are disappointing for us. The first one, obviously, from our free kick, we lose possession and they score on the counter. We then have some good chances. We don't take those chances. And then I think we, we give a, uh, a poor second goal away from a defensive set piece. And then, you know, I think you saw Coventry find their rhythm in the game. And, and yeah, the, the last 15 minutes of that game, we suffered. But these are the tests that we want because when you play against good teams, you get, you get instant feedback. And, uh, and I think it'll be a really good part of our learning process. Let's talk about Colby Bishop. 45 minutes for him. How do you think he fared on his Pompey debut? Yeah, really good. Um, I think he did, did great. For us, obviously, he only, he only trained with us for the first time. He trained on his own on Thursday afternoon and then 
um, trained with the team yesterday. The plan was always just to get, to, to, to get in 45 minutes. It was great for him to be with us. Obviously, it's very early in, in his time with us. So in terms of his understanding of how we play, in terms of partnerships and relationships, this is this is brand new. But we're kind of in the, only a week to the start of the season. We have to try to uh, fast-track that process. In an ideal world, he would have... He, would have, he, he wouldn't have been involved this weekend and would have trained with us, but we don't live in that ideal world, so we, um, we have to uh, involve him straight away and try to get him going. Must have been good to see the fans again in the new look Fratton Park as well. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was fantastic to be back at Fratton Park. We, we love playing here. It's been brilliant to see all of the work that's going on in the summer. I think it just looks brilliant. And credit to, to Steve Cripps and, and, and the guys, because... I can't believe how much work they've been able to do in such a short space of time. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a brilliant stadium. Um, and, and now it's had a bit of a makeover, which was probably much needed. So no, hopefully the, the fans enjoyed the experience. And uh, like I said, yeah, we have we have lots to do, but we, we anticipated that. I mean, second half, you have to understand that, you know, we, you know, we, we, we were being cautious with Michael Jacobs at half time. I think same with Rico. And then at the moment we're yeah, we're short of wide players. We need to try to bring some pace and, and athleticism to the group. I think you would have seen during that game quite a few times where we turned the ball over and if we had maybe one or two more with that ball carrying quality, then we would be that much more dangerous. Yeah, Danny Cowley there speaking following the full-time whistle on Saturday. Donald, you know, sum- summarising it perfectly, like we were saying at the start of a, a kind of post-game summary, it's not about the result, it's about the athleticism of the players, it's about trying to get the fitness up. It's, it's a cliche, but it, it certainly is true. And on Saturday, although a 2-0 defeat, there were promises in the, in the, in the, in the team. There were... There were, there were glimpses of what you can see Danny Cowley trying to implement and, and speaking to Tom before we came on air today Mark Robbins the Coventry manager who I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to after the break he complimented the way that Danny Cowley set his team up so hopefully if we can carry that sort of now into the season a team like Coventry a very good championship team we can try and apply <laughs> that to League One teams and beat them Definitely, and I think although you know we've talked already about some of the sort of omissions in the squad at the moment, the flip side of that is some some of the squad players are actually getting a chance to shine. You know, we've seen quite a lot of Rico Hackett this um, this preseason. I think he's really you know he's carried on improving. Talked earlier on about the the uh, difference um, Danny Cowley and the you know a good season of training made to George Hurst. Well, actually, why can't some other players go and do that? You know, Rico Hackett's come on leaps and bounds since he's been here. I think Jay Mingy might well be the break breakout star of this season. Seen him in quite a few of the preseason games this year and he doesn't look beneath the level of the first team squad he could absolutely make a difference for us this year Yeah, Donald thank you Tom thank you as well we'll be back with those two in just a few moments time but it is time now for a very quick break here on Express FM but fear not because the three of us will be back before you know it with even more Pompey discussion and we'll also be hearing that first interview with striker Joe Piggott he's hoping to make amends for the times he has put the ball into the back of the net against the Blues I've scored quite a few goals against Pompey especially at Fratton Park as well yeah, no, um, obviously some good experiences and, uh, yeah, obviously the members, the fans, you know, home and away, yeah, always been fantastic and very passionate. If you've got anything you'd like to add to the conversation or perhaps a question to tonight's panel, please do not hesitate to get in touch before 7 o'clock. 81400 is our text number. Make sure to start those messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email sports at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter or head on over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash 
Pompey Live. And please be aware that we do have a new email address. That's sports at expressfm.com, as Pompey at expressfm.com is no longer active. I'll let you get on with that while the three of us have a quick breather. Don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Hello welcome back to Express FM. This is the Football Hour, part two of tonight's instalment of the show, on which I, Jake Smith, am joined alongside content creator Tom Chappell from 4-0 written all over it, and PST treasurer Donald Vast to talk non-stop Pompey in your ears right the way through until 7pm. Stagecoach South are the proud sponsors of the Football Hour this term. You can find out more information on the services they can provide in your area simply by visiting stagecoachbus.com. Okay, and a reminder now, taking a, a quick moment away from the Pompey men's discussion. There is a big game tonight at Fratton Park involving Jay Sadler's Pompey women. It is a pre-season friendly, however the Blues are up against Super League outfit Brighton and Hove Albion. That game is a 7-15 kickoff, so just 50 minutes till, till kickoff. So if you're anywhere in Portsmouth you've got no excuse, you've got plenty of time to get there. Traffic in Pompey's never a nightmare at this time of night anyway, is it? Absolutely not. Absolutely no, not. Absolutely no not. doubting it. You can still get there. 7.15 kickoff, And the good news is that under-18s go for three. That's juniors 17 and under go for three. Uh, seniors 65 plus uh, is just two pound. And adults are three pound. And uh, just speaking to Donald just off air a moment ago, uh, apparently uh, ticket sales have surpassed over 1,200 so far. I think that's right, yeah. So, think. Certainly, I think it's an absolutely fantastic opportunity absolutely. to get down and have a look at the new yeah. South Stand because, of course, the facilities there now so, so much improved. Yeah. Great opportunity. You know, if you're a Pompey fan, get yourself down there, have a look at the South Stand. And if I wasn't here till half past seven tonight, I'd be there. But you can get there, Pompey fans. 7.15 kickoff. Pompey women versus Br- uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. And the team news is in for Jay Sadler's side. Starting 11 is as follows. Hannah Horton, Danielle Rowe, your captain. Evie Game, Izzy Collins, Rosie McDonnell, Annie Rolfe, Anisha Hill, Danny Lane, Tierney Scott, Mai Golden and Sophie Quirk. Quite a few new signings in that starting 11 for tonight's friendly. And on the bench, you've got Libby Kingshot, trialist A... Trialist B, Trialist C, Nicole Barrett, Jazz Younger, Trialist D. I don't know why they couldn't partner up with Trialist A, B, and C. No. Um, Ava Robottom, uh, Mia Adaway, and Emma Jones. So that is your lineup and bench for this evening's uh, pre season friendly between Pompey Women and the Brighton and Hove Albion Women at Fratton Park. So get yourself down there, kick off just under 50 minutes away. You can buy your tickets uh, on the gate as well. Okay, moving on back to the Pompey men's discussion. Going back to uh, Tom now. In regards to Saturday's game, we've not got much left to talk about. It is a pre-season friendly. We're not going to take anything much out of it. But we saw Josh Griffiths for the first time in the flesh at Fratton Park. Um, Big moment. Big, big moment. Conceded two goals. Yeah, we'll forget about them. Flukes. But (laughs) that penalty save. That penalty save. From... It couldn't have been anyone better. No, it couldn't. Unless it it was John Marquis. But... 
This is probably second best thing, yeah. next best thing. Yeah, or, or, having seen him score two in Spain for the Coventry yeah. game that was before us mm. um, on the Saturday, yeah, couldn't have been any better. And really. it's that bittersweet moment. He was getting a bit of flack on Saturday, of course he was, because he didn't have a great record, Tyler Walker. <laughs> no, in his uh, loan spell at the end of the last season, it was very complimentary that one. No, not one, great. Yeah, no, not great. One goal, which, which you could have scored, Jake at Crew. I remember that. Yeah. I was there. I remember. <laughs> It's lucky uh, Tom's got a mute button in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, tapping from no more than a yard out. But he didn't have a great loan spell. And, and Josh Griffiths uh, saved for penalty. It wasn't a great penalty, was it? It was straight down the middle. It was with like, his legs. He saved it, didn't saved he? Saved it with his legs. His trading trading foot. It's the, yeah. That's the best way to do it. It's as an well. incredible save, and it, it caused Fratton Park to erupt, despite being one or two nil down at the time. Great happy mo- moment. Yeah, happy moment from a otherwise pretty dull game, but. Donald, we forget about the game. Look, Fratton Park on Saturday was an opportunity to see, like you mentioned with the Pompey women's game tonight, an opportunity to see the new South Stand, the redevelopment of that. It's a few weeks away from actually being completed. A few bits of paint that's got to be licked up and you know, a few other things need to be tightened and screwed and whatever. But we saw the general gist of what the South Stand and, and, indeed, and indeed the North Stand is going to look like now heading into the new season and quite a lot of positive feedback as well. Yeah, my uh, my season ticket's actually in the North Lower, but I took the opportunity to go and get a seat uh, back where I, my first ever season ticket was actually in the South South Lower bit. And of course, it's that section that was normally kind of dug right down. You famously had the signs there saying "Beware falling players." Uh, and w- when I when I had my season ticket there, my eye light was at eyeline was at pitch level so i could barely see the touchline on the near side let alone the one opposite it was it was an awful view awful view and to go back there on saturday and see the difference i think it's probably one of the best seats in the stadium now yeah. absolutely superb view of the pitch fantastic facilities um, i think steve cripps and pmc uh, and of course all the people at pompey deserve a lot of credit for the the huge transformation that's, that's happened there it's not just a, you know a bit of a bolt-on bit of a sort of you know starting up the place it's superb it's yeah. absolutely fantastic I'm really pleased with how it's come, come out yeah. and Tom like um, like Donald said I know you're, you are a season ticket holder in the South Stand not, not too far along from a press box we give each other a little waiver we do, now, we do. We? Yeah. but you know the, the upper tier or okay it's all one tier now isn't it mm-hmm. but we still call it the upper tier above, oh, yeah. above the Archibald Leach sort of um, the, the pattern and the, the boards on the framework, the, the framework I think sorry, the term yeah, is yeah thank you Tom you're welcome <laughs> um, yeah above that in the top tier we'll still call it that it, it's new seats you know it's it's revitalised South Stand, but in particular the lower tier of the South Stand, as Donald mentioned, you're no longer below the pitch. You are yep. level, even at the bottom row. You go up and you just get better views. Amazing and it's much views. More, it's much more comfortable. It, it looks is. a hell of a lot better. It does. And and indeed, inside the stand, in the kiosk, you now buy a pint mm. in the South Lower, which you could never do before. No, you couldn't. Because legally, you're not allowed to drink in you front could of see the pitch, couldn't you? Yeah. The pitch. So that was enjoyable. Uh, and that is, you know... It, it is the small things like that which you know the, the owners are trying to implement now into Fratton Park to make it a more enjoyable facility to go and watch sports and certainly Saturday provided that. Of course and their their heritage is entertainment business isn't it the owners so you're going that's going to be the first and foremost thing they want to get right. Obviously there were teething problems that's why it's a test event. I remember people saying oh long queues for whatever. Yes it's the first time they've done it so potentially going to be long queues. Yeah I'm, I'm really pleased. I had been a special shout out to the to the team at Pompey. Um, Marie took us up, head of safety. I'm sure you'll know her. She took us up to see our yeah. new view, which they didn't need to do. That was a really kind of difficult logistical thing for them to organise to get everyone to be able to come and see and make sure they're happy with their seats. But we got to do that as well. And you're quite right. It is new seats in the South Stand upper slash back of the normal tier that it is now. 
but it has also been I think it has been slightly reprofiled because the yeah. the access is a lot better and a lot neater and it kind of works in the 21st century which is good and I believe it's a little bit more legroom I think you, you do get a, a tad more it was a certainly noticeable amount and Sam yeah. who we sit with is pushing six foot five or whatever he is <laughs> so that will be massively beneficial to him and I'm sure many other Pompey fans in the south stand I like how you pointed at me as if my legs aren't really small neither am I mate we're not much different are we you're, not, you're trying your luck tonight <laughs> you really are I'm passing my mic to, to Donald <laughs> um, but no look, look, Tom is right there is a lot more leg room in that south stand but we'll move on to the north stand as well because as much as you can't see much of a difference from the outside when you're viewing the north stand from, from pitch side from the south stand Donald there's a lot of improvements on the inside regarding again kiosks and refreshments available for the facilities inside and now hopefully that will set up a framework for the next phase of redevelopment when that is to come in the future to try and make the north stand hopefully a little bit bigger yeah i think a lot of fans are going to be really pleasantly surprised when they when they turn up at fratton park if they haven't already been to the friendlies there is an awful lot of quite you know small improvements maybe not the most glamorous improvements they're not adding huge numbers of seats but actually when you get there the facilities are so much better now there is more room to mill around and you know that is a small thing but actually it really enhances your match day if previously you know you couldn't get a pint at half time when you did you were sort of elbow to elbow the person next to you actually all of these things do make a difference i know a lot of work's gone, gone on behind the scenes trying to improve that that general match day experience for people yeah uh, shout out to cheryl lewis who says pompey played really well on Saturday really pleased of what I've seen uh, from the boys thank you Cheryl for getting in touch uh, tonight um, but yeah moving on lads and uh, let's talk about a certain former uh, Pompey manager Tom because regarding the Colby Bishop transfer oh yes I know where we're going with this a certain Michael Appleton has had his say are you going to read it out I'm going to read it out go for it in an article to the Blackpool Gazette regarding the transfer of Colby Bishop and the failed transfer to Blackpool, Michael Appleton, the former Pompey manager and Lincoln manager now at Blackpool, said, I'll let Portsmouth and Colby have their day for today on that one and we'll keep our lips shut and give the people re the respect they deserve or even don't deserve. Mm. Uh, who then goes on the article to say he's going to have a wry little smile in a few months' time. Oh, I didn't read that bit. Yeah, further on he says he's going to have a wry little smile in a few months' time. Reading between the lines, what would you yeah, say? Yeah, well, I'm not sure. There were reports that maybe Colby Bishop failed his uh, medical right. at Blackpool. Well, we know this story with Simon Bassey. That, I don't know if you've heard of that yeah, one, the yeah, whole driving yeah, around yeah, the yeah, UK. Uh, <laughs> and that's what um, Dean mentioned on, on the show Friday. You know, yeah. there, There's a lot of emphasis from, from Pompey's end to actually try and get Colby to, to Pompey mm. when... The, the the transfer looked dead in the water on, on Tuesday when he was on his way to Blackpool and you can understand the lad for going to a championship team 45 minutes up the road from Atkinson Definitely. presumably a bit more money than a league one side's offering absolutely fine but look Danny Cowley as we mentioned again on Friday Tom you've got Michael Appleton's comments and they are rather humorous they might be right I don't know yep. we can't we weren't there but Danny Cowley's not the kind of manager who will sign players if they're going to fail a medical no I don't think any anyone in their right mind would, would they? No. So, and he stated on numerous times last season he wants his players fit, he wants them ready, he wants them one hundred and ten percent every single match. Of course, he does. Which is why players like Michael Jacobs, he's put them through a, a bit more of an intense fitness regime over the course of the summer. I can't imagine he signed Colby Bishop, who's not quite one hundred percent. No, and I tell you what, you would not want a better pair than Danny and Nicky to get a player firing on all cylinders like you want them to. We've seen it countless times how well talent has developed under those two, under the, the watching eyes of those two and everyone associated with their top team at the football club in terms of the first team personnel. I think it's just a little bit of shade from Michael Appleton. Um, he, he will always have a soft special 
pace in my heart for that uh, 2-2 draw at St Mary's when he was in charge of us all those years ago got to get that mentioned in there Um, but yeah I mean it's obviously it's broken down for whatever reason and if we are to believe Danny which I do and I know every Pompey fan will and most football fans who have an unbiased opinion on this is that Colby chose Pompey and that is the fact of the matter so I think that's case closed from my point of view he's ours he's ours can't wait to be FA Cup and we got to Blackpool Exactly. Colby Bishop scores a winner. There we go. Knee slides in front of Michael Appleton. Give it in the shush. Give it the shush. Give yeah. it the shush. You know it. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'll get in trouble if we carry on, Donald. <laughs> Let's talk about a striker who's not coming to Pompey because he's gone to Shrewsbury. Aidan O'Brien. Ooh. Couldn't agree terms with Pompey in terms of a new contract towards the end of last season. He was out of contract. Available to speak to any club he wished, and he went to Shrewsbury. Good opportunity for him. He's going to get that game time. I, I imagine Shrewsbury made some very good signings this summer, but he's got the intent of trying to be a much better side than they were the last two seasons. What are your thoughts on that one? Because, because there's no denying that towards the end of last season, Aidan O'Brien, decent assets, scoring important goals when they mattered. But is he to you a big miss? I've got to say, when we first signed Aidan O'Brien, I was thoroughly underwhelmed, really unexcited. I thought it was a really uninspiring signing, thought nothing of it. And actually, he totally proved me wrong and really won me over. He was a fantastic addition at the tail end of last year. Really good at just sort of stretching that defensive line, harrying the opposition, pressing. I thought he fit really, really well with what the Cowleys wanted. So I was disappointed when he didn't re-sign. But I think we've got to have faith in the club and, and more importantly, of course, the, the management team for what they're building here. If they decided that, you know, on whatever terms they'd offered, that, you know, they, they didn't want to push the boat out any further for Aidan O'Brien, I trust them. I think, you know, had they really, really wanted him, I'm sure there was money in the budget to go and get a player like that. He signed for Shrewsbury. It's not as though he's made a big leap up to the championship. I think we've just got to trust that perhaps we offered him maybe a sort of squad position and actually, you know, he wanted a starting position and we've spent our money elsewhere. And I think personally, I'm more than happy with Colby Bishop instead. Absolutely. Hit the nail right on the head. Perfect, perfect summary of the Aidan O'Brien situation. And he won't be mentioned anymore until he scores against Pompey at Fratton Park later in the season. Okay, don't forget, Blues fans tuning in live this evening, you can have your say on anything we've discussed so far or anything else League One related just by picking up your phone or PC and getting in touch. You can text Express, followed by your name and message to 81400. Include at ExpressFM if you fancy joining the conversation on Twitter. Alternatively, you can email sport at expressfm.com or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey live but before we dive into any more of those let's hear the first words of Ipswich Loney Joe Piggott as a Portsmouth player the new blue striker spoke to Max Swatton at the training ground following the announcement of his arrival Joe welcome to Portsmouth Football Club why did you decide to make this move um, well thanks for welcoming me um, yeah it feels feels really good you saying that and uh, yeah, I'm really really happy to be here yeah I just can't wait to play football and looking at that picture up on the wall of Fratton Park, yeah, can't wait. You said you've played against Pompey so much in your recent years. And so what have your memories of those games been like? Uh, yeah, a little bit up and down. Um, I've scored quite a few goals against Pompey, um, especially at Fratton Park as well. But as you just reminded me, last time I played, played there, I lost 4-0. So, um, yeah, no, um, obviously some good experiences. And, uh, yeah, obviously the members, the fans, you know, home and away. Um, yeah, always been fantastic and very passionate. Have you spoken to anyone about coming here? Uh, yeah, I have, yeah. Um, obviously, Connor Chaplin, Switch and spoke up really, really highly of the club. And, yeah, again, it's mentioned how passionate the fans are. And I understand you've got a good relationship with Simon Bassey as well. How much are you looking forward to working with him again? 
Uh, really looking forward to working with him. Um, that's how obviously they made the initial contact and yeah, I've got some good history with Simon. Um, he signed me when I was in non-league for, for 25 grand. So um, yeah, we go back a few years now. I think that was, I think yeah, five years ago now. And um, yeah, it's helped to have him help me bring me here is obviously fantastic. You joined from Ipswich Town where you probably didn't get as much game time as you anticipated last season. So how much are you looking forward to getting started here? Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Um, can't wait to just enjoy my football again. And yeah, obviously scoring goals is what I love to do and winning games. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. How and when did this move come about? I understand it's been a pretty quick one today as well. Uh, yeah, quick one today. But in terms of the move itself, it's probably been, been a couple of weeks. Um, back and forth and then finally today is uh, over the line Is there any familiar faces in the group for you or is it just a completely um, new bunch of people? No there isn't actually yeah totally new bunch of people but yeah and I'm looking forward to it still And what have your conversations with Danny Cowley been like over the weeks? Yeah no obviously spoken a few times and they've been really really positive he's outlined you know what he wants for the season what he wants from me and um, yeah, it just, just aligned really and it was a total no-brainer to, to come and play my football here. And just finally, both personally and as a team, what are your aims for the 2022-23 campaign? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know if I want to share my own aims because I think they're both you know, pretty self-explanatory. You don't need to guess what the club's aims are and, and my own, you know, whether that's goal target or the outcome at the end of the season. I think we all know what we want to achieve. New Pompey striker there, Joe Piggott, speaking to Max Swatton, uh, Max Swatton after his arrival a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just a quick break coming up now. When we return, we've got one more interview lined up for you. New Pompey defender Joe Rafferty will be up after the break to talk about the emphasis behind his move from Preston as well as his ambitions for the season ahead. I got starved of football a bit last season. I don't want to get my head down, get myself playing in the team and, and play as many games possible, but not just play games, I want to win. Like It's really important to me that we go out there as a team and win. Stick with us here on Express FM for the conclusion of tonight's edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the third and final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach across the South. You can download their app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to plan your next journey and even prepay for your ticket as well. On tonight's show, we've got Donald Vass and Tom Chappell joining us to talk all things Pompey. We've already discussed the 2-0 defeat to Coventry at the weekend. And we've also discussed a, lot, a little bit about striking options. George Hurst, Colby Bishop, Aidan O'Brien, John Marquis, every striker under the sun that's been involved with Pompey over the last few years. And, uh, and Tom, we just heard before the break uh, an interview with Joe Piggott um, on loan from Ipswich until the end of the season. No confirmation as of yet. There may be a buy clause at the end of that. We don't know. 
Um, but in terms of what he can bring to this Pompey team this season, we've discussed his potential partnership with Colby Bishop. But, but Joe Piggott, he's, um, he's a player with a lot to prove, and he certainly speaks well in his interviews. He does, and all we've got to do is feed the pig, I believe, is the what's going around at the minute. But yeah, no, he's come here to score some goals. He's come here to contribute to what will hopefully be a championship outfit next season with a good wind. He's come to enjoy his football again. I was I think that was kind of what he was getting at when, when we heard him talking earlier on in the show. So, I mean, that, that can only be a positive thing, and hopefully it all comes to fruition and he hits the ground running and, and gets a few early goals at Hillsborough on Saturday. Yeah. Who knows? Now, in terms of departures, Donald, still some uh, some word going around regarding the likes of Alex Bass, Kieran Freeman as well have been linked to moves away from Fratton Park this summer. We're going to start off with Alex Bass because it was reported uh, again by our colleagues at Reports of News that his exit is imminent. Well, I hear you've had your spies out this wow. morning. <laughs> someone told me, someone told me they saw him at Exeter. Mm. So, well, I, I think it's becoming apparent sooner or later to one yeah. club or another I think he's going to go unfortunately yeah, I think we're, we are quite well stocked in the goalkeeping department at the moment although um, you know clearly Gavin Bazuno very big shoes to fill I think in Josh Griffiths we've got a really really capable replacement um, we've brought in the young Spurs lad who I think is going to make a very able deputy and Toby, uh, Toby Stewart I believe really really promising young player so unfortunately we just don't quite have the room for Alex Bass no. I'm a bit disappointed because he had that really promising breakout spell I think he had sort of 15 games or so in League One where he looked a real real prospect but I just don't think he plays the way Danny Cowley really wants yeah uh, it may not be extra Tom it could be Crawley we know Crawley are interested on a permanent deal they want him but from what we're hearing Pompey haven't accepted that yet because Crawley are trying to pay in, in instalments whereas Pompey want the money up front which is understandable for, for many reasons but extra of a side who want him on loan they're not prepared maybe to make the move permanent they might have changed since we last heard about that last week if his move to Exeter is a bit more imminent at this stage in time however like Donald said you know he's a very good goalkeeper certainly capable of, of being a, a first choice in League One he's been around Fratton Park for God knows how long and he's only 24 years of age he deserves a move like this he deserves to be playing week in week out unfortunately it's not worked out in terms of him being that number one for Pompey since he signed from the academy but undeniably he will go and make a career elsewhere and he deserves it definitely it feels like Alex Bass has been around forever doesn't it at, at Pompey and I do I echo what you just said echo your sentiment I feel really sorry for him because he's been starved of it and I think to be fair when Bazuni was off on international duty we never really noticed that Alex Bass was in goal and I think that it kind of very surreptitiously covered Bazunu's role perfectly and I don't think there were any major mistakes that he made and with Donald massively I, I think that he he needs to go um, not in terms of a kind of a horrible yeah. get out the door kind of thing <laughs> not it's time to go but I want every success for him yeah. and I think he's had so many setbacks here and just every time it looks like he might be given that goalkeeping crown and all of a sudden Josh comes in or you, you both Joshes come in don't they and the, you, all of a sudden you've got two goalkeepers ahead of him so yeah definitely time for time for Alex Bass to move on and I wish him every success as he does so absolutely and uh, Kieran Freeman as well no more news on where he's going to be going but there is potential of him moving away from Fratton Park uh, this season I don't know 
if he wants to go, Kieran Freeman, I'm sure Danny Carley's got his thoughts on that as well, certainly with the signings of Joe Rafferty and uh, Zach Swanson in that right-back area as well. So certainly some competition, even if Kieran Freeman doesn't find that move away from Fratton Park this summer. But Burton Albion and Hull are still the two sides uh, reportedly interested in him. Um, but, but Donald, I just want to move on now and talk about something that's a little bit negative, but I'm only half-joking. Um, the home kit. Ah. Ah. Now, you like it? I have to say, personally, yeah. I can't get that excited one way or the other about kits. But yeah, you know, it's not—it's not my uh, my the thing I get most passionate about. But certainly, I've heard a few people mention it's not necessarily a royal blue. Might not be the right shade of blue. I think the sleeves—you know—bit marmitey. Some people like, some people don't. The thing I, I I do really care about though, and I think I feel quite passionately about. We've got the most expensive kit in League One. Yeah. It's fifty-five pounds. Yeah. And actually, for those people that do want to buy the kit and wear the kit, that's not on. You know, no. we, we shouldn't be far more expensive than other clubs. I think we d- we did some uh, research on this at the trust ahead of our some of our meetings with the the club. We're about eight pounds more expensive than average, and I just think you know with the the deal up in a couple of years' time with Nike, maybe now yeah. is the time actually to explore that and see if we can get it a little bit cheaper for the fans. And I think the frustrating thing as well, Tom, I'm, I'm not a fan of a kit. I don't dislike it particularly. I, don't, I think we've had much worse, but I, I don't enjoy the, 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 the template. I don't enjoy the pattern, and you know that's my opinion, and, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. That doesn't matter. But I think what does matter, as Donald is alluding to there. £55 for the shirt mm. and the fact you can get that template on the Nike store for about for 20 quid £18.36 yeah. there we go it's not great is it I'm not suggesting anything but you can get it cheaper you can absolutely uh, and I think that's the kicking the teeth and that's what Donald, Donald is saying there's no doubting the quality of a Nike kit there's no doubting the, the money and the revenue that having a Nike sponsorship brings to the club that is excellent but from a fan's perspective maybe it is getting a bit tiring now having these template kits which you expect being a League One side under Nike mm-hmm. that's fair enough but when you get to a stage when you're paying that much for a shirt, when you can get it cheaper, maybe it is time to explore when the Nike deal does end, I believe, in 2024. I think the on paper it works really well. Nike, Pompey, University of Portsmouth, it all looks lovely and, and happy days. But I think the, the problems kind of go deeper than that. I spent the day in Pompey today and tried to go and get myself said shirt and they're not even going to be around till Friday to buy in person, even though it's been announced and whether that was a little bit of a rush because Colby Bishop was there and they had them waiting and it all kind of worked out nicely in terms of announcing a signing or not. So, yeah, I think it's, it's not just that, but, you know, shirt's a shirt, we're going to play yeah. in it, it's blue, we've got white shorts, yeah. red socks. Oh, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, does it? But no. the price in a sort of aspect of it is, is something of a bit of a bit. Concern. I will defend Pompey and Nike a little bit. Go on. There are a lot of other clubs in the football. Yes, league. there's like half that haven't yeah, got them yet. There's a lot there? of clubs, but not Nike. You know, Puma, yeah, Umbro, yeah. Ev- every other sort of manufacturer who are struggling to get their kits on time due to just manufacturing issues mm. from from China. That's where a lot of these kits are produced. So it is not just a Pompey thing. Maybe that is part and parcel as to why this is happening. We don't know. Yeah, perhaps. But, um, but no, you are right. You know, that is something of a concern as well. Okay, before we go, we will hear from Donald in regards to the Jimmy Dickinson statue crowdfund and the latest on the John Jenkins Stadium as well but before we go let's hear from signing number three of the summer Max Swatton sat down with New Blues defender Joe Rafferty first asking what it was that made him want to make the move down south to me I just think it's a massive club and I've always wanted to play for the biggest clubs possible and I think right now as soon as Pompey came in I thought that's all I wanted to sign for how and when did this move come about it was not too long ago, to be fair. It's been quite a bit of a quick turnaround. Um, there was a, a couple of clubs um, interested where it was looking likely I was going to go to. But then once once Portsmouth came in, I thought it was the right club for me. 
And what have your conversations been like with Danny Cowley? Um, they've been good so far. Um, yeah, I can tell that uh, all the staff, you know, uh, love football. They want to do as well as they, as they possibly can, and that can only help the players and, and help the club. You had your first training session this afternoon, albeit a light one, but how did you find it out there? Um, yeah, it was, it was quite good. Um, I, had, I had a bit of running in the morning, and then I had a light session with the lads in the afternoon. And yeah, it was really good. It was good to get out there and get back training um, with the team. And you joined Pompey after leaving Preston. How do you assess your time there? Um, overall, it, it was quite good. Um, started off the first couple of years um, quite well. Played quite a lot of games in the Championship. And then it was just kind of the last year. I didn't play as much as I wanted to. And it ended up being the right decision for me to leave. It's a step down from the Championship to League One. But do you really see it as a step down? No, I think there's some brilliant teams um, in League One. Um, there's some there's some real real good teams, and I think overall as a league, it's going to be really competitive. However, you know the the championship is is another tough league, and it, it is one step higher. But this this league's a brilliant league, and I can't wait to get going. And before you were at Preston, you were at Rochdale in League One for five successive seasons. How much do you think that experience of League One is going to help you here? Yeah, I think um, I think it'll help me massively. I think I played a lot of football for Rochdale uh, week in, week out, and it can only, only help me really. Um, we, we got promoted from League Two, and then we had some really good high finishes, so that can only help me for this league. You're a full-back by trade, but just describe what type of player you are to the Pompey fans. I'm a full-back. Um, I, I, I like to defend. Um, I like to win on the 1v1 battles, and also like to get forward and, and get crosses in and hopefully chip in with, with a goal or two. And have you spoken to anyone about joining Pompey? And if so, what have they told you? I understand you spoke to Andy Cannon, who is a Rochdale teammate. Yeah, I spoke to Andy Cannon, um, and he couldn't speak highly enough for the club or the city, really. Um, he, he loved his time down here. Um, he loved playing for the club. And yeah, he, he couldn't have sold it to me anymore, really. Dinner last night in the hotel with a, another familiar name for the Pompey fans. Yeah, yeah. I had um, I was with uh, David Nugent last night. Um, I texted him on my way down, asking about the club, and he was another one who, who couldn't have spoke more highly of the club, especially being similar situation to me. A lad from Liverpool coming all, all the way down to Portsmouth, and you know he, he sold it to me uh, really well. So yeah, we had a good chat over some food last night and this morning, and yeah, I made up to be you know. And just finally, looking on to next season, what are you aiming for, both personally and as a team? Um, I think personally for me, I, I I got starved of football a bit last season and I don't want to get my head down, get myself playing in the team and, and play as many games as possible, but not just not just play games, I want to win. Like it's, I think it's really important to me that we, we go out there as a team and win. And I think as a team, the goals we should be setting ourselves to be finish as high as possible. We should be getting in the playoffs, uh, the size of the club. We need to force ourselves to get in the mix. There you go there, the words of Joe Rafferty, who certainly put in a very decent shift on Saturday. We'll hear more from some new signings on Friday on the next edition of the Football Hour, as well as plenty more talking points ahead of a new brand, new League One season, which starts on Saturday at Sheffield Wednesday. Pompey are in action one more time before that, tomorrow night at Barnet at the Hive. That is a Pompey 11 fixture for the final pre-season test of the season. Don't forget the Pompey women are in action in 20 minutes' time at Fratton Park, pre-season friendly against Brighton and Hove Albion. Donald Vass, Pompey Supporters Trust, Treasurer. Just before we do go, I want to talk about the uh, Jimmy Dickinson statue crowdfunding because that has uh, that has certainly come out leaps and bounds over the last couple of weeks. Just just tell us what this is about and why why do Pompey need a Jimmy Dickinson statue? 
Yeah, so I'm really excited to be part of this. This is something that's been talked about by various people for probably more than a decade now. And at the Supporters Trust, we, we thought it, it's high time actually to get this done. So particularly to coincide with the club's 125th anniversary next year, we want to put in a statue of Jimmy Dickinson, which we think is the club's greatest ever player at Fratton Park. So if you're, if you're not that familiar with Jimmy Dickinson, and if, particularly if you're a younger fan, that's completely fine, that's completely understandable. But really, that's why we wanted it. We want to keep his memory alive. Mm. So here at Pompey, we obviously of one of our own I think Jimmy Dickinson was the ultimate one of our own he was born in Hampshire he went on to play 800 times for the club more than 800 times in all competitions um and a fantastic club servant. After he finished playing, he went on to be club secretary, he was the PR officer, he was a manager. Uh, he unfortunately had quite an early death as well. He died at 57. So I think, you know, we can say he really devoted yeah. his life to Pompey. And I think for Pompey fans, those of us that sort of, you know, really love being passionate about our city, passionate about our club, he epitomised that. And I think, you know, that we really love our, our rich history as Pompey fans. I think it's really timely now that we get this done and we yeah. get it built. It particularly um, being, you know, Pompey fans, we love the, we absolutely love the fact that we are the undisputed kings of the South Coast, and the reason for that is because, of course, Jimmy Dickinson and his teams, they won back-to-back -back league titles. They won those league titles in 48, 49, 50, um, and and it's it's due to that team and those players that we can say actually we are one of the most successful clubs in English history. So here at the Supporters Trust we are raising money at the moment to get this statue built and you know, we would absolutely love your support. You know, If you are listening to this and you're enthused about the idea, get on our website, get on our Facebook and Twitter page. We would absolutely love your, your donations. Lovely stuff. And Donald's brilliant stuff. Thank you for that. You can also follow Pompey Supporters Trust on Twitter at Pompey Trust for more information. Just a final word. You've got about 40-50 seconds but John Jenkins Stadium that's really really ramping up now close to completion uh, yes, I b yeah, uh, I believe it's pretty much all on track. There's, there's a couple of little niggles that I know Claire at Pompey and the community is working hard to resolve, but pretty much well on track. Um, I'm, I'm really, really proud we were able to be part of this at the Supporters Trust as well. We we put in a quarter of a million pounds uh, alongside various other sort of funding and grants they got to get this done. It's going to be a really big part of the community, so Pompey women are going to be able to play there, money fields are going to be able to play there, and really importantly, Pompey and the community, all of their kind of scheme or a lot of their schemes and, and all the work they do is going to be based there. They work with more than 7,000 people in our in our local community and it's fantastic they've now got a more permanent base there that they can call their home. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Donald, thank you very much for that. John Jenkins Stadium, of course, situated where the old Moneyfields Football Club used to be as well. That should be completed within the next few months. Exciting times at the John Jenkins Stadium. Of course, do head over to at Pompey Trust on Twitter for more information on the Jimmy Dickinson statue. The crowdfund for that is really, really kicking up some speed. OK, I'd like to thank my two guests for tonight's conversation. Donald Vass, thank you very much for coming in tonight. Thanks so much. Cheers. And a big thank you as well to 4 Neil written all over it's Tom Chappell. Tom, as always, pleasure to see you. And you, mate, bring on the weekend. Bring on the weekend. Got any predictions? 4-0, uh, but I'll reserve comment on which oh, way yeah, that one's okay. going to go. Yeah, fair enough. 4-0 <laughs> written all over it to, to someone. Yeah, <laughs> to, to someone. someone. OK, coming up here on Express FM this evening, Jeff and Ada back with the Soft Rock Show right after the news at 7. The Victory is with Ian James is here between 9 and 11 o'clock this evening before nothing but Express hits through until the early hours of Tuesday morning. Ian James is then back with breakfast tomorrow from 6.30 for 
continued through until 10, which is when Paul Marsh takes over the controls between 10 and 1, playing nothing but great songs all day long. From 4 through till 6, Darren Gablin is here, and then from 6 through until 7, the local music show with Robbie James. Pompey Live is back this Saturday from 1 o'clock live from Hillsborough, and I'll be back this Friday from 6 with the next edition of the Footblower. Thank you for listening. Take care and have a fantastic week. Play out Pompey. Good night.